Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching and happy 2021, friends. We've made it. We're here. I don't know how different 2021 is going to be from what we've been experiencing in 2020. But you know what? The number changed, didn't it? (laughs) The number changed. We turned a page on the calendar and that felt real good. I bought a whole new wall calendar, guys, a whole new wall calendar, put it up in the kitchen. It was great. Well, today, friends, we are going to be talking about visualizing 2021, setting some goals, how we want to do this with students. We have a free download for you, so make sure that you listen up and then head to our show notes. We're going to talk about some curriculum, and we're just going to talk about teacher life in general. And I know Amanda has a lot of really good just ideas and some mindset shifts that I personally need to take on. So I think we should hop into this episode. What do you think, my friend? I think we just need to do exactly what 2021 is all about, which is just taking charge and getting things back in our playing field. So let's go ahead and get started. Excellent. Let's cue that music. listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show.
All right, everyone. So as Marie told you guys in the intro, today's going to be all focused on this idea of visualizing 2021. And we're going to break it down into three parts. So we're going to look at how to do that with our students. We're going to look at how to do that with our curriculum and then how to do that in our own lives as teachers. So Marie, let's start with our students and how to, you know, walk into the new year with them and give them some guidance in terms of visualization. I know, I know in the past, I've always tried to do lessons about goal setting and smart goals. And to be really raw and honest with you, I've had a really hard time with that because I think to do it well, it requires a lot of real estate, you know, in terms of the time totally. we need to give it to have kids write good goals. And, and they just really struggle with that. And I don't know, personally, I've had more fun with things that are a little bit more creative and visual in general. Well, so what, what have you done? So what I have, and this is what we have as a download for you guys, our listeners. So if you head over to our show notes, when you're done listening, you can get your hands on exactly what I'm about to kind of like talk you through. Um, I found that doing things like smart goals and like goal setting with our students, it, um, and I'm about to talk you through a goal planner. So please don't, don't get me wrong. Cause that's totally what I'm talking about. But like traditionally the way that I've done the things in the past, it feels really gimmicky and students can't really connect to it because like, yeah, they're teenagers, they're big kids, but they're kids. And these kids nine times out of 10 don't have that much autonomy in their daily life. <laughs> like they don't really rule their own roost, you know? And so like setting goals for themselves feels for a lot of our students really arbitrary and pointless because they're like, I mean, I just have to do what my teachers and my parents tell me to do. Obviously that's not everybody, but that's like a lot of our kids because they're kids. Um, and so I find that like you were kind of saying, things that are a little bit more creative or just a little bit more outside of the box. Like even students who do feel like, yeah, I'm ready to set some goals have legitimately no idea where to start. Like yeah. you say, well, how about some personal goals? And they're like, everything's personal. I'm a person. Like they don't, you know, like <laughs> there's for us as adults with fully functioning frontal lobes, totally makes sense, right? You can like open up something on Pinterest and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to make a planner sheet that looks like that in my bullet journal. Just kidding. I never do stuff like that in my bullet journal. My bullet journal is full of chicken scratch as we've all seen on our show notes from that one episode about essential questions. Um, but I take them through a process of like five different prompts that I use as bell ringers. So when you guys download this on the show notes, you can just, you've got a whole week of bell ringers already made for you. Um, and it takes them through different areas of their life so that they can set appropriate and specific goals and then kind of zoom out and see the big picture. So the first thing that I have them look at is learning and academic goals. As we are coming back from a break, right? Like starting the new year, we're coming back from a break. Many of us are like, Amanda, I know that you start a new term or a new semester at the end of like, I don't start a new semester or a new term until like the end of January, but even still, this is a great thing to do then, right? To set some learning and academic goals. And so the first prompt asks them to like reflect on their academic achievement so far in the year because half of the year is over. And then where do they want to go next? And it allows them to really be like grounded and say, well, here's what I've done so far. And especially in the fall that we just had, students are going to, it's, it's, it's good to like pinpoint and without saying like, oh, I failed. 
here's what happened. Here's what I did. And here's what I want to be able to accomplish. So let's figure out the steps to get there. Right. And then that's like a good conversation piece to talk about. Let's be really realistic. If you want to get all these in your classes, what does that mean you need to do? And like, you can break that down as a little conversation. The second prompt has to do with active or creative goals. Um, and so they have like the option between active, like if they're an athlete or if they are just an outdoorsy person or whatever, you know, if they are more a physical active person or if they identify in that moment more with creativity and creation and ideas and that sort of a thing um, to give them a little bit of option because, you know, some of our athletes don't have a season right now. So they might not have any athletic goals. They might then decide that they're going to tap into their creativity and that sort of a thing. And they, they think, they think through what they identify with and why they identify with one over the other the most at that moment and talk about their strengths and areas where they can set some goals and what they want to achieve in that area. And then the next prompt is all about relationships and connections, um, thinking through where they are with their family and close friends, what's going well in some of their relationships, what do they want to work on in some of these relationships or one or two of these relationships, right? But it gives them something really specific and and getting really specific and like quite frankly niching down like this gives students the opportunity to see where they do have autonomy and they do have control um and then the last one before well not the last one the second to last one is all about self-growth because now that they've looked at some learning and academics some active versus creative or both whatever and then relationships and connections they can like really reflect on themselves and i ask them to list the top three words or phrases that are true about themselves and their personality right? Like what would, what, how do you describe yourself? How would your best friend describe you? How would your parent describe you or something like that, right? To help them narrow those things down. And then, um, them thinking through some things that they wish were true about them, but maybe aren't quite true about them yet. And what are some steps you can take to like bring those into fruition? They can be, I wish I was a cook. Great. How are you going to learn how to cook? I wish I was more organized. Great. How are you going to get more organized? And it gives them something tangible. Um, and then the very last prompt, which we do on Friday, is look at, is, is it's, it's a take on the one word project, which was really like a buzzy a couple years ago in the teacher social media sphere. Um, but to choose, looking through all of these different goals that they have set and different reflections that they've done throughout the week and any trends or similarities that they've noticed, choose one word, one word to sum it all up. What is, and like, and, and then kind of think about how and why they came to that word and that conclusion. And then even, I also like to ask students to like, take a look forward and say, how long are you going to focus on this one word? Are you going to focus on this one word for the next week, the next month, the next semester, the next year, so that they can have a little bit of, um, like control and, and time and challenge themselves kind of in that way. So that's the long and short of it. It's, it's helping students be able to see all these different facets of their life and then boil it down to what do you want to focus on right now? Because it's your life and they have a hard time coming to grips with that, right? It's, and I think that's just vouches for why it's so important to take the time to do this, right? And to, and to actually be the, the ones who say, this is worth 
two class periods. This is worth three class periods for us to actually hit the pause button, recognize that we're at this like natural break, whether it's right when you get back from winter break or if it's January, end of January when your term ends. I think that's kind of on us to help kids, you know, really see the opportunity to reflect. And, you know, I think kids are a lot like us. Like, are they going to keep resolutions? Are they going to commit to their one word for real for very long? Maybe not, but it's still a healthy practice to help them see this time of year as a good time to at least reflect back and attempt at looking forward. Um, And I think all of those efforts are valid no matter how consistent they are moving forward. You know, even, even us, right. I think absolutely. Well, that reflection helps them take stock, right. It helps, it helps them just kind of go like, okay. Like, you know, whether they celebrate the winter break holidays or not, they've still (laughs) been home for a couple of weeks, really intensely with family, maybe, or maybe not with friends. And so there's, there's just a little shift between being in active student school mode and being in at home all the time with no school going on mode, that it's a great time to like, yes, take a look, look inside of themselves um, and not in the like typical teenage, well, here's what I feel and here's what I want, but really here's who I am and here's who I want to be. And like you said, it's not going to last. For some of them, absolutely. But for most kids, they're human beings and we don't really hold on to these things for too long, but they help move us forward to take the next step to go to the next day to whatever. And, and I think kids are, are more recognizing more than ever now that they are changing. Yes. You know, who we are has changed for everyone this year in some way or another. Um, so I think there's a risk of maybe overdoing it on the, the, <laughs> the sure. reflection, but... Um, so for my classes, I can share with you guys a couple of like quick things. Um, you know, I've taken the visualizing, uh, idea very literally some years. And so I've done, um, I'm not sure how many of you are on Instagram, but on Instagram, a very trendy thing uh, that happens toward the end of the year is to highlight your top nine posts of the year. Um, so I've had kids do like a side by side. So like a top nine of 2020, like they could, um, either like actually go through their own social media or create like a faux version of what that looks like. Um, but then I, then I make them create what they want 2021 to look like. like Um, so what will my top 20 or what will my top nine of 2021 be? Or what do I, what do I want them to be? And the kids can't caption it. Um, I have them just use the pictures and that's it. And if I want them to throw it on Flipgrid and explain some stuff to me verbally, they can. Um, but I really want them to work to find images that communicate the things that they want to see. Um, I've also had on other years, I've had students do side by side memes so almost like analogies. So if 2020 was this fill in the blank picture here, (laughs) um, then 2021 will be, and then another picture here. So like those pictures could be memes. Those pictures could be, I mean, whatever you could have them use language. You could have them use metaphor. You know, if 2020 was a A dumpster on the floor, (laughs) you know, whatever, then 2021 will be, or I want 2021 to be. So you can kind of give them like really little prompts and have them work on, um, again, like either visualizing literally with pictures or visualizing with metaphor. Um, I've also had a couple of years where I had students do like my year in and then a blank. So like they could do my year in books and they could, you know, list out all the books that they read in that year. And then again, do the flip of what they want it to look like the next year. Uh, My year in food, my year in colors, like, you know, what did my year look like before? What do I want my year to look like coming forward? So 
Maria's version of what you guys have to download <laughs> is definitely a more like cerebral, like you, we know our students and we know what our students can digest. And so like there's tons of options. Um, the last thing I always offer my students is an opportunity to read and write poetry. Um, and a lot of my favorite stuff I will just throw into the show notes for you guys. Um, my favorite poem to do this time of year is called How to Be a Person by Shane Koizan. Um, and his poem is super raw, which of course translates to super engaging because kids love that. Um, and he outlines the kind of person that he hopes to be period. It's not even about goal setting. It's just how to be a person. And I asked my kids to, to write their own version. So That's we'll cool. throw all of that into show notes for you guys. And, um, you know, whatever your ideas are too, feel free to add in the comments and, or let us know on Instagram what you're going to do, um, this year with your students to help them visualize their lives moving forward in this, in this really important transition. Absolutely. It's yeah. The next few months, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting just to see where the world goes in the next few months, where education goes in the next year. I mean, we're going on a year of doing what we're doing. This is, this is wow. I know. I try not to think about it for too long, but I guess I probably should. <laughs> I mean, there's things to celebrate, you know, there's things to, that are positive and there's things that are negative and there's kids who have just kind of stayed negative and not looked for any positive. So this is, I think is a healthy exercise to, you know, something along those lines to do will be worth it. Absolutely. And, and, and like Amanda said, like being able to look at your students and see who they are and what they need. And even like your time, <laughs> what does your curriculum need? What can your curriculum handle? Right? Like that's, that's why I wanted to give you so many different options. Speaking of curriculum, yeah. let's talk a little bit about your curriculum moving forward. I mean, and we are obviously huge proponents of knowing your full year-long curriculum in advance. That is what we teach in curriculum rehab. That is what we practice in our regular teaching practices. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that there isn't room for flexibility. In our program, we teach knowing the whole path, knowing what the end game is and all the steps along the way so that you can have flexibility in your day-to-day -day teaching practice. Therefore, what time is better than now as we transition into 2021. But to kind of take a moment and step back and revisualize what you've got coming in the future for your curriculum. Yeah, well, because I, I think one of the biggest transformations we're seeing coming out of teachers in curriculum rehab and in teachers who are listening to the podcast mm -hmm. is, is this realization that curriculum doesn't just need to be a stack of books that are on a list. Right. Curriculum and what we do in the ELA classroom, in the science classroom, in the math classroom, in the history classroom, it can and should have a bigger mission. So that's why we, I love using this word, visualizing our curriculum. So here it is January. If you're in the Northern hemisphere, you're probably starting semester two. If you're in the Southern hemisphere, you probably are starting a brand new school year. Um, and what do you see for your students? Like, what do you want your students to know and understand about the world by the end of this next semester? Re like, really? Forget the books. Forget everything. Like, what do you care about them walking away from that's not in the standards? Right. What's and the experience? Yes. What do you Absolutely. want them to experience this semester? And even this whole year, if, you know, depending, if you're, even if you're going to maybe look back, you know, what are the changes that you would make from semester one that, you know, maybe kids were going through the motions and not feeling 
connected to something bigger than the book. I mean, this is really the time to think about that kind of stuff. Well, and what a great way too, as a teacher, and I am in great need of this to recharge a little bit, to recharge a little bit, not by completely shutting off, which I have done. It's been wonderful. Um, Like over the break, I just totally shut off my teacher stuff and it was wonderful because I needed it. Not because it's like, oh, I hate teaching. I just needed to not, right? And, And I come back a way, I I come back way better for it. There's a little bit of scramble to be like, wait a minute, get my head back in the game. But that takes like a day and then I'm fine. Um, But really to not dread what's coming next, even though I'm really passionate about what I teach and I'm really proud about the units that I have, I have put together and I have like crafted and designed. Um, But I'm tired. Like I'm a little recharged, but I'm tired. I'm always tired at this time of year, but especially this year, being able to kind of reboot that vision. Yeah. And sit down and say, how do I want all of this that I've had planned and that's so like artfully put together? How, how, what do I want my students to really get out of it? Big, huge, big picture on like a human being level. Um, and then that, that helps you tap back into the, the why and just like bring that bring the passion back, you know? I think part of the reason that this is a good time of year to do that is because for me, those things resurface when I am on break. Yeah. When I shut down, I remember that my goals are really like, for me, like what keeps coming up in my, at my stage in my career and like kind of where I am personally is to me, like building informed citizens and writers who feel comfortable in their voice those two things keep surfacing for me for whatever reason. Uh, it, maybe it's the community that I teach in. I've always just really cared about in the first place, but those two things keep coming back to the surface. And when I look back on semester one, I didn't do the writing and finding your voice nearly as much as I really wanted to because I became very clinical um, because of the circumstances. So it's just, it's just right. So it's, this is a good time that you don't even need to take action on it, but it's worth checking in and then visualizing where do you want your kids to be? Well, I want my kids to end this year feeling like more thoroughly informed citizens and like they've tapped a little bit tighter into their writer's voice. That's what Um, I want. Speaking of visualizing a unit, we wanted to make sure that we mentioned this. There is, um, we have a pair of episodes. Episodes 13 and 14 are literally entitled to visualize a unit A and to visualize a unit B. And we talk through creating a vision board. So if that is something that you think would be helpful, you could take that whole idea and that whole process and just zoom it out and do it for yep. the Go whole for year, it. the whole semester, or even just like you know, zoom back in and look at certain units or something like that. Um, the vision board visualizing process is extremely helpful at, for checking in all of the things that we've been talking about. Hey, let's talk about teacher life. Yeah. I know that I need to kick my own butt into um, just, I just need to shift my mindset because I'm having a hard time. Pretty soon here, we are supposed to be going from virtual to hybrid, concurrent, simultaneous model. I can't wrap my head around it and the complications that that is going to bring to my personal life of like transporting my children places and that sort of thing makes me so angry that I like, <laughs> I yeah. like shut down. But Amanda has some actually productive thoughts in this way. So let's hear what she has to say. <laughs> I don't know about that, but all I can say is I've already been there and come back and we're going right. back again into that whole situation. And I, and I think, yeah, I think for me, for my like teacher life, like reflections and visualizing this year, 
I, I think I just want to continue the process of compartmentalizing my life, right? I need to keep my teacher stuff in its own box. Right. And I need to maintain my personal stuff just as importantly as my teacher stuff. And that's not a new thought, but life is different every year, especially when your kids are little. I'm, yeah. maybe, they're, maybe it's always, but I'm feeling like I feel dramatic shifts in what my family is going through every year right now. And so I know I've said that to myself before and, and I've definitely found solutions, but I need to be prepared to handle that again in a new way this year. Well, like to, to our listeners who are a combo of things, younger teachers, earlier in, not younger teachers, but yeah, maybe younger, earlier in your professional years, right? In your professional career years. Yes. And without children. Yes. This, there is that every year is different, right? Like as you're starting your teaching career, you, you gain as you gain momentum into your teaching career, you gain insight, you gain confidence, you yes. gain ability, you just, and you gain confidence in your ability, all of these things. And, and your priorities start to shift from day-to-day maintenance to bigger ideas to relationship, right? Like different things happen year to yes. year to year as a newer professional educator. For me, my experience was I started teaching at 22. I, I was just like struggling for a while. It was all the things that you and I talk about and the advice that we give to new teachers all comes from me doing things the hardest way, um, for years and years and years. And then at 28, I got married and by 29, I had my first baby and everything changed. Like, and I had been teaching for a minute, right? (laughs) But what Amanda's saying too, like there are different seasons to our lives and she and I are in similar seasons. My kids are older than her kids um, by a few years. And so I've seen the season that she's going through where she has little, little ones and you're always changing your systems and you're always changing your routines because naps change and then naps leave. And then like, so your personal life very much revolves around these little people or this little person or whatever it is. And then you also have to juggle and figure out how your professional life, which is pretty regimented when you look at something like a teaching schedule, like we have specific times of day that we do things and it's very, um, you have to compartmentalize to be able to figure it all out. My kids are a little bit older, so I have a little bit more of like chunks of time instead of specific little time windows where like everything revolves around eating and sleeping. It's still that way. It's just a little bit wider, but like my kids' needs of me as a mom are super different than they used to be. And they, they demand, it's not necessarily as physically demanding as when they were teeny tiny, but it is emotionally demanding in the same depth, but in different ways. And then that also transfers into my teaching. So I think that there are a lot of things that we can learn from that idea of compartmentalizing. Yes. Because I don't want to take my teaching home to my family and I don't want to take my family stuff out to my students right. because it doesn't belong. Like it doesn't fit. And they're every year, everything. It's a great opportunity every calendar year and every school year to restart and to reevaluate and to yeah. take inventory and to say, what do I want my morning routine to look like? Like even those really gimmicky things that come out in social media and on blogs, they're great things to take in because they can help you really visualize what you want it to look like and then start putting new practices into place that will change as life changes. You're, you're spot on Marie. You know, a morning routine is like a micro piece of the puzzle. That's like 
for me, really easy to overlook because I'm a very big picture person. Um, but it's those little things I think that add up over time to help those bigger things actually come to fruition. And before we move on really quick, I do want to say that honestly, compartmentalizing when you're younger and newer and you don't have other obligations like a family, it's harder. Yes. My most unhealthy teaching life was when I first started. And Maureen, I've talked about this before because you feel like, oh, well, I don't have a family. I don't have a husband. I just have to go home to my apartment with my roommate. Um, I thought I had a really hard time ever turning off teacher Amanda. I didn't and want to. I didn't I, want to. I wanted to just keep going because it was so fun and I was discovering that I was yes. good at it, right? And it's and there's really nothing wrong with that except until <laughs> except when you become burnout and embittered. <laughs> that was what happened to me. Yeah. So whatever stage of life you're in, take care of yourself and 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 give yourself permission to find those compartments. Um, however they work for you. You know, if you are like a a work till you burn out and then you need a, a week off of doing nothing, you know, or if you're like a little by little person, whatever, whatever it is, I think for me to the last thing I would add to this is again, kind of coming back to this idea of visualizing. Um, my husband and I have been talking a lot lately about like our family's big life goals and how those fit into our careers. And so I've, I haven't talked about it a lot on the podcast, but um, one of our big goals in life is to take a full year sabbatical um, from everyone's work and take our kids on the road and spend a year traveling. Um, we want to do the Pan American Highway and go from Alaska to Argentina, basically driving and stopping along the way to learn about um, Mexican, Central American, and South American culture, things like that. Like it is a lifelong dream of ours. We watch YouTube videos about it all the time, and you know, like we're constantly like reevaluate. Like we're getting closer to that because we wanted to wait until the kids were about nine and ten, and so we're like we're like six, seven years away from that now. It's getting closer. And so, you know, I'm just trying to remember like, Hey, like there's a big picture to what our family wants to do in this life. And teaching is a little part of what's going to get me there. It's my job. It's my passion, but like, it helps me to remember that there's a really, really big world out there outside of our jobs. And that sometimes it's okay to remember teaching is just a job because it is just a job you guys. And it's okay to do a job and then leave your job or do something else or to take a break. It's all good. And, you know, Marie and I are here. We've been through lots of these phases of going oh, yeah. in and out of different kinds of work related to teaching and not related to teaching. You know, we've been through all of those phases and what's next and career wise. So you can always count on us to talk to you about that too. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, when it comes to visualizing my teacher life, I guess back to like how I started this little segment, I do need to kind of kick my butt into gear and I need to just know that like I'm having a really hard time visualizing my teacher life in 2021 because I do not do well with uh, just without control. And like there's so yeah. much variable happening in my next month, nonetheless, my next six months, right? Um, so I think for me, visualizing teacher life has to come in segments. Like, I don't think I can yeah. have a big, huge vision. I think for me, it has to be small. Otherwise, my brain starts to leak out of my ear. <laughs> it just doesn't work. And I think it might be totally okay yeah. to visualize you're just in maintenance mode. Yeah. You're in, you're in maintaining things at a certain level. 
And I, and I have to be okay with that. That's hard for me. And I know that's hard for a lot of our listeners too, who have a certain, who have a similar personality to like, I just, it's, it's not total type A, but it's, it's close. It's close. (laughs) It's type A adjacent. It's, I think that being aware of what you're feeling, what you're going through, finding your teacher bestie, totally. writing, writing an email to brave teaching at gmail.com, whatever you got to do. We're you here. Know, <laughs> this is how Marie and I deal with this kind of stuff is by talking to each other and talking to you all. Um, but find your, find your people who are going to be there for you and listen. That's Ooh, a huge And part. if you guys do make a vision board, Will you share it and tag us on social media? Please. That would be so fun. Maybe we should make our own actual vision boards. I bet Amanda already has one that's like digital and color coded. And mine's like on a random legal pad that I can't find because it's among all the other legal pads that I write random things on. Um, we're just about done with today's episode, friends. We're going to wrap this up. Once again, if you want to get your hands on the resources that we talked about, especially dealing with students at the beginning of the episode, head over to our show notes. We do have a free download for you. If you want to use those prompts I was talking about as your bell ringers or however you want to use them, take them, change them, do what you will. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you're listening in real time, happy stinking new year, man. (laughs) Welcome to a fresh page in the book. Happy new year. Thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time.